Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to a Week 15 Football Friday. On today's show, once again, it's a win and you're in scenario. A playoff spot awaits the Cardinals with a victory on Sunday. Mike Jarecki tells us how it's going to happen. He's got his three keys to victory. First, though, a word about analytics. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 512, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So real quick, MJ, what are your thoughts on analytics and their part in the game of football? Well, if you talk to the old school guys like Bill Polian, they're told that you never leave points on the board. And when you get within the uh, five yards of the goal line, you take the points. And that started with Marv Levy. Um, they carried over to Bill Walsh, um, Paul Brown, and Mike Holmgren was a big f- a fan of that too. But you know, give Brandon Staley credit. He stood up there and they lost the game and they probably don't face overtime if they kick one or two field goals, but he's consistent. And this is very similar to Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, now one thing analytics don't show is the momentum in the game. I mean, but I just think, I think it's twofold for the Cardinals this year. I think teams are going for it more on fourth down. And the idea is to keep Kyler Murray and the Cardinals offense on the sidelines. That was when they were scoring over 30 points a game, 400 yards. And then, you know, we just a week ago, do you, when do you go for three versus seven? And Kingsbury has been consistent. They just got stonewalled. So um, this shouldn't be a surprise because it could happen uh, on Sunday. It's, it's going to happen with the Cardinals. And that's just the new school of football. I mean, again, I mean, you're going to get second guess if you lose the game. And but he's very he said, this is who my football and with the quarterback they have, you think that, you know, some of this stuff will work out on its own. But it's very similar to what we experience every single week with Cliff Kingsbury. What are your thoughts? Well, for those that might not know what we're referring to here, Bird Gang, Thursday night football, Chargers lose the Chiefs in overtime, 34-28. And the talk after the game, at least via the Chargers, is Brandon Staley's decision five times, five different times to go forward on fourth down. Fourth and goal from the five, fourth and one, fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and one. Successful just two times. And they very easily could have kicked a field goal instead of going for the touchdown. Yet I went back and looked, especially when they were inside Kansas City territory, deep inside Kansas City territory with respects to field goal or keep the drive alive. They were either tied, talking about the Chargers, or ahead. And only ahead by if a field goal, now it's still a one-position ball game. Mm -hmm. So I understand the thinking, and I like what you said about Coach Daly. Quote, that's the way that we're going to do things around here, end quote. Kingsbury, very consistent as well. I have kind of come around to this way of thinking, and I'll credit our good friend and former colleague Kyle Odegaard, because you are playing the numbers, you play the percentages, and the way offenses are going these days it should be not automatic but if you can't get one or two yards then there's issues and it's not 
the decision to go forward. It's not the play call. It's the execution of the play. And I understand there's someone on the other side that's trying to prevent you from moving the sticks and keeping possession of the ball game. But we've even seen some veteran head coaches, Bill Belichick, and this goes back way back on the road in Indianapolis, Patriots and Colts, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and there was a fourth and one from inside their own 40 yard line. And they went for it unsuccessfully, but the odds are, hey, do we believe in our offense? Do we want to see Patrick Mahomes on the football field? So I understand it. It's very easily to hindsight, second guess, Friday morning quarterback, if you will. But I like the aggressiveness, and I've come around to this line of thinking, I want to win with my offense on the football field. Well, and the only thing is you want to be consistent, and they're consistent, and they don't back down from it. Cliff, man, yes, they'll tell you, he'll tell you, well, I didn't call a great game, but when it comes to going for fourth down, that's just that that's who he is. And Vance Joseph, he loves when teams go on fourth down. He feels he's got more uh, bullets in his chamber than how many plays can you really run if it's fourth and one? I mean, yes, you can try to get cute, but normally you line up and you try to run the football and, and you know, the Cardinals front seven has done a really good job. So he actually loves when teams go for fourth down because he feels like he's got more options there. So, uh, but you know, again, it's it's something that's really, um, every team has an analytics department. Um, I don't know about the Patriots, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> they won't tell us. And then, you know, every team subscribes to pro football focus because they wanna see their coaching grades compared to their grades. So it's a tool, it's not the Bible. They don't go by that, but analytics, it's prevalent in a lot. I mean, I think you would know better than I do it. In baseball, when you put the shift down, do you get a guy in the eighth inning that he, he can't hit against a left-hander versus a right-hander? I mean, there's analytics in everything. And in, in the fact that the Cardinals have GP, uh, GPSs on guys so they can dictate, you know, in the fourth quarter, can we utilize this guy or is he already, you know, um, maybe only he's now, you know, he doesn't have the same energy in the first quarter. So it, it, it's really sports science, and now it's become analytics. And we're seeing it in other sports. You bring up baseball, basketball, as far as, hey, it's better to attempt that three versus, you know, a 15-footer, which is two points. Just back up an additional six feet. Yeah. The odds, the percentages say to go for it. And next-gen stats concerning last night's game, Chargers win probability was positively impacted by all five of Coach Brandon Staley's decisions to go for a fourth down conversion. But there has to be a little bit of a give and take. You alluded to it earlier. How are you playing? What's the line of scrimmage? Are you playing while well? you moving the football successfully to where, hey, you know what? We just couldn't do it on third down, but I really like this call. We've got something going here. Let's keep the offense on the football field. So it is, I think it's a fascinating conversation. There is no right or wrong answer. You just have your own personal beliefs and opinions. Kingsbury, though, more times than not, and it's not just him, it's the entire offense. 12 of 19 on fourth down even after going two of four last week in that loss to the Los Angeles Rams. So this is kind of the new way of thinking in the National Football League, younger head coaches, the aggressive nature, but you need to be able to score points. And there are very few defenses, and I have to go back, maybe the Baltimore Ravens, that you can rely on to win you ball games. 
Now it's all about the offense and getting to that 30-point mark. Very few games, even in the postseason, are played in the teens. You need to be able to move the football and maintain possession of the football, get into the end zone. Yeah, and, you know, it's not going away. And I'm glad you brought up the Ravens because, you know, you're always going to get second guess. But, again, it's not so much the play call. It's the execution. And, you know, Harbaugh was criticized, you know, why didn't you go for two and versus one? And, and obviously, you know, we know the onside kick is, what, less than 5% successful rate? I mean, it could be seven. I mean, we had four last week. Four. I mean, I mean, it's – I know Wolf hates it because it's, he doesn't think the, uh, the the receiving team really has a chance. But, obviously, Matt Prater did a great job, and so did Zayvon Collins. But – yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, when do you go for two? There's a chart for that. And you usually don't, you don't chase points in the first three quarters, but if you're down by, you know, nine points, all of a sudden, or you're down by, you know, two touchdowns, you, you have to get at least that first two-point conversion to make it a one-possession game, even though now it's cut to eight. So it's not going away. And to me, it, it adds another element to the game where, you know, you, you, we always think about blocking and tackling, but here it's like I trust my team and I'm going to put them in position to weaken, uh, obviously, pick up the four, fourth down. And it gives us and everyone else something to talk <laughs> about post game the next day and the yeah. days following until you have another opportunity on the football field. The other topic around the NFL, and it finally hit the Arizona Cardinals earlier this week. And unfortunately, MJ, I think it was only a matter of time. There are very few professional teams right now that are not dealing with this. And we're talking about COVID-19. Rodney Hudson placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. The league, though, has a little bit altered as far as the protocols and the procedures to get back on the football field quicker than it was prior to the league announcing with the NFLPA some protocol changes. But right now, without Rodney Hudson, now, you welcome back Justin Pugh, hopefully, this week, but now all of a sudden you lose Rodney Hudson. Well, the good news is you have Max Garcia, which is what this team will do if Hudson is unavailable to go on Sunday. I would agree with that, and now the question becomes, who's the right guard? We know that Sean Harlow's played a lot of left guard going back to training camp when Pugh was out. Um, he actually was the third-string center Um but I would put Garcia back there. And now we know Josh Jones has experience at right guard. I would think at this point, Harlow's, he can play both positions. He Basically, he's, he's your backup guard and backup center. Um, but in this case, um, I don't know if I would roll Harlow out there. Not to say that, you know, Detroit's front seven is, is going to push him back. And, and Garcia, you know, obviously didn't have a good game. Not a lot of guys do against Aaron Donald. But I... I would have Garcia in there just more from an experience standpoint. The good news, though, is we talked about Justin Pugh was spotted on the practice field on Friday during the open portion. He was not spotted on Thursday because of a non-COVID illness. He's been dealing with a calf issue. We've been talking about it. He's been gone for several weeks now. But to get that offensive line back, now obviously without Rodney Hudson, that's a different story. But it will be good to see Justin Pugh back on the football field. Yeah, and he thought that he was moving around pretty well. Um, you know, yesterday he was on the injury report with an illness and wanted, oh, you know, in close contact with Rodney Hudson. And again, they are having meetings outside, though. Just to let everyone know, they are meeting outside. 
and a lot different and, and and they can also use the bubble for meetings and some are virtual um, but for the most part they are outside at these meetings so um, hopefully nothing else pops up but i'd be interested in to see you know how they approach it we know that harlow could be the starter or josh jones jones has more experience at right guard again Kuz is going to go with the best five guys that he trusts and that we could see you know if josh jones doesn't start maybe we'll see him at some point Pew has not played since November 7th at San Francisco, and he was only on the field for a limited number of snaps. He got hurt on the second offensive series of the game, so it's been a while since we've seen Justin Pugh. All right, speaking of practice, some concern earlier in the week with James Conner dealing with an ankle injury. He, though, on Friday was practicing during the open portion. That is good to see because we anticipate Chase Edmonds coming back we know no DeAndre Hopkins. You want all position players available so you have that one-two punch, especially in the backfield. Yeah, and, you know, normally when you get the chance to go out there, you can tell the guys that are going in there to get rehab, and a lot of guys do participate in the walkthrough just because the game plan's there, and so you kind of have an idea uh, what the game plan looks like, and you can, you know, you see what it looks like on the field. Again, a walkthrough. Um, but I never saw him limping or anything. Uh, obviously, he's carried the ball more than um, you know more than they probably liked. But he was able to carry the load. And you look at the rushing touchdowns and, and the reception. So he was moving fine. Chase, you know, I know he's chomping at the bit. He practiced all week, just like last week. And I, I think they're ready to unleash him. And, and, and you know, again, they were being patient with him because they know how important. Uh, to get this running game going again. You know, that the one-two punch, and then obviously Collar's. Uh, kind of the uh, luxury guy there when it comes to running the football. 14 rushing touchdowns for James Conner. That leads the NFC, second most in the league. But the stat that really jumps off the page when you talk about that Cardinals rushing attack, 21. 21 rushing touchdowns. That's tops in the National Football League, Mike Jarecki. What is this air raid? It is a run raid. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> 21 rushing touchdowns and, of course, 14 belonging to James Conner. But that speaks to how Cliff Kingsbury has not adapted to the game, but just kind of learned what works and what doesn't work and making sure that he has the personnel around him to be able to get that ball into the end zone. Well, you had the stat going into the last game, 48% rushing, 52% passing. And I do think Sean Kugler, uh, he got a promotion in the offseason and um you know ideally you like to run the ball and utilize play action but they 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 commit to the run game and you could see during the game there are times that Cougars next to, to Kingsbury and they have a certain amount of run plays that they discussed during the week hey let's go with this uh, this is what we see that last last uh, time we were on the field this is the defense they showed so I think a, a lot of it has to do with Sean Coogler obviously King Gears makes the calls but all that stuff is done before they step on the field Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As we look now here on this football Friday, week 15, Cardinals at the Lions. 11 a.m. is the kickoff on Sunday, 6.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Simple. Cardinals win, they're in. They get that 11th win of the season, and they will clinch a playoff spot for the first time since 2015 when the Lions have struggled just one win in their 13 games this season, but it is that time 
for Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory. What needs to happen for the Cardinals to be playing not into January, but past that regular season week 18 contest. We want postseason play here in Arizona in 2022. So, MJ, what is key number one for you? Well, I just kind of alluded to it. Number one is get back to run the football. Uh, this, this team, when they were you know, putting up 30 points and over 400 yards, yes, they're still throwing the ball, but they were running, winning at the line of scrimmage. And I just want to see them now that they got the one-two punch, um, you know, Connor's still going to get his opportunity, short yardage in the passing game. Uh, we know Edmonds is, you know, he can go from the 20 to the 20, another really effective. They're both uh, actually above average in pass protection. And then Kyler Murray, uh, we've heard Cliff, you know, that's what makes him so dynamic. Uh, it's not like design runs, but if a play breaks down and he's going through his progressions and he wants to do a scramble, I'm all for it. So I just, I just feel like, um, this team needs to get back to the basics, and that's running the football, winning at the line of scrimmage, and that will you, that will open up play action. And I really think, you know, a guy like Chase Edmonds and Zach Ertz, and, and possibly AJ Green are going to take some of those targets that maybe DeAndre Hopkins would have been getting. And without Hopkins, maybe you do need to see Kyler Murray run a little bit, or at least the threat of the run to keep yep. defenses honest, because we know when number 10's on the field, the defense shifts to his spot, his location. You have to account for him now. Well, you always had to account for Kyler Murray, but if it's just a little bit more, and again, as we discussed earlier in the week, it's not because, not out of necessity, but just maybe... And again, I'm, I might be going back on my own thinking this because I don't want to see it a focal point, but it might need to be you know, a, a jump start, if you will, at least initially to figure out how this offense is going to operate without DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Yeah, and you know, Kingsbury, he's shown the ability in the first quarter of games to, to show a designed run. And he does it basically to tell the other defensive coordinator, you know, you, you have to defend this too. So again, I, I'm not going overboard with design runs, but I noticed, and I can't, I, I don't know if every single game, obviously Kyler missed a few games, but uh, I noticed they do a design run, and I, I maybe that was more when, you know, um, but he missed three games, but uh, yeah, I'm seeing some design runs, and I think Kingsbury's saying, hey, you got to defend this guy too, not just everyone else. Well, we know the Lions, not good against the run. Bottom third, in fact, worse than that, they are 28th allowing 135 yards on the ground per game. So perhaps a way for the Cardinals to not only control the game, but control the clock a little bit and get that offense to where they're feeling good about themselves before that game against the Indianapolis Colts on Christmas Day. So run the football, establish the run. Key number one, what's number two? After a disappointing loss on Monday night to the Rams, uh, the defense needs to set the tone early in this football game. Uh, they they didn't match the intensity last week. Um, they obviously, I thought they did a decent job, you know, sh containing Sony Michelle, but it allowed them to throw the ball down the field. Matthew Stafford wasn't hit. Um, guys were running wide open. We know the secondary didn't play up to par like they have, uh, but I think the defense and when they go back and watch the film, um, they put some bad film out there, and now it's I want them to set the tone in this game. Because we know in previous games, going back to the Bears game, two, uh, two interceptions, 
two touchdowns for the Cardinals. Next thing is 14-0. And this is the game where you can do that. So I want them to set the tone right from the get-go that what last week wasn't good enough. And this week, we're going to obviously put some um, good film on there because we want teams to know you just can't line up and run the football or throw it around like, like Matthew Stafford did. 23 takeaways tied for fifth most in the National Football League. That's where this defense has been really excelling is taking away that football. Not so much at home, but that's a topic for a different day. But on the road, you talk about it, that first 15 minutes, first couple of possessions, even if it's a three and out, that can set the tone. First play of the ball game, week one, all of a sudden it's a tackle for loss against the Titans. Those early plays, whomever it is, someone on the defensive line, a linebacker in the secondary, to kind of wake everyone else up, if you will. But I don't have any concerns on the road because we've seen it, MJ, every single week. Seven wins, seven opportunities on the road, each win by double figure. So an eighth road win, by the way, Bird Gang, would be a franchise first. No Cardinals team has ever won eight road games. Of course, back in the day, there were 16 games, and there was 14 games, and there was 12 games. So more opportunities for the Cardinals this year, at least one more opportunity on the road to get that record eighth win of the season. So defense in the spotlight on Sunday. Number three. You know, Kyler probably won't admit it, but it's taken a a few games to kind of knock off the rust. And I want him to just calm down at times, uh, let the place come to him last week. You know, he's, he's trying to get down the field. And I think Kingsbury wanted him to spike the ball. At the end of the day, he has to listen to the head coach. And, and it was a miscommunication. Um, they're still learning on the job, especially when it comes to these primetime games. But I, I want him to, I think, you know, it's, it's been a couple of weeks now, knock off the rust and, and start playing like that MVP again. I, it's, I don't care if he throws for four touchdowns, but be dynamic in the pocket. Um, be be dy- dynamic if if they're only going to give you the, the shallow routes. Um, I just want him to go back to, you know, calm down a little bit because I he's he, his effort and he hates to lose and his competitive juices they're off the charts. But sometimes let the game come to you. And he, it's not that I'm saying he doesn't know, but I think it's time. It's been a couple of games, knock the rust off and, and run the offense like he did early in the season. You think he presses? And that might be not a rhetorical question because I do think we both agree that he does press. But in situations in which this team is trailing, maybe not by a field goal, but maybe by seven or more to where all of a sudden, not that he's not used to the spotlight and the pressure of situations, even going back to his youth, but the fact that all eyes are on me, I'm the most talented player on this football field, regardless of team, to where I need to make a play. And I think that's natural for most quarterbacks out there, maybe even every quarterback, but to understand that it's not just you and you alone. You do have 10 other guys and then some guys on the bench that might come in to help you. You don't have to do it by yourself. Yeah, and I don't want him to be hesitant because that that will take, you know, part of his uh, being a dual threat. Now, everyone knows they run a two-minute drill in practice every day. Two minute, that was a two-minute drill. And so he's done that every single day. And that's why when he was running down the field, Cliff was trying to get a timeout and he was trying to line up. And then he really, Sean Hartle didn't have to hold on that play, but that really put him behind the eight ball. It would have been desperation if they would have got closer and, you know, try to throw a Hail Mary. 
And then, you know, Marcus Golden said, we work on that drill every day. You know, when, when Matthew Stafford lost the ball, and you know, I don't want to pick on one guy, but Jordan Phillips was the closest to it. Golden said, I could have got there. You know, I was, I was chasing the quarterback. I could have got there. So these are things they work on. And I hope they're learning tools and, and learning because we, you know what happened in the Packers game towards the end. It was a miscommunication between Murray and A.J. Green. And then we had another miscommunication here. Uh, and again, I think playing on these primetime games for Kyler and Cliff, it's only going to help them when they get to the postseason because the lights are going to get brighter. Uh, the game changed a little bit. You're more conservative. You're, you're playing against the clock. You're trying to, you know, you're just trying to survive, so to speak. So, um, but we're, we're to a point in the season, you, you know, the fumbles, the, how many fumbles they've lost and how many fumbles they've had. You're playing with fire there, and it hasn't hurt them right now. You start playing better teams, it could come back to haunt you. Mistakes are going to happen. Yeah. Correctable mistakes, and that's what we heard Tuesday morning, first thing out of Cliff Kingsbury's mouth, and in addition to the players later in the week as far as what didn't go right against the Rams, all very correctable. And as we keep talking about it, Berging, you're still within reach. You're within one score late in the ball game of tying that contest up and going into overtime as bad as the Cardinals played. And I say bad because we know it got sloppy at times and mistakes. We've seen them play much, much better, but still a quality opponent. And, you know, as we get further and further away from that contest, not that it's okay, but you understand what they were up against and the Rams playing very, very well. Cardinals, to a certain extent, lost that game because of their own mistakes. And to a certain extent, they got beat because the Rams played better. Their five stars players played better. Yeah, and Kingsbury hit it on right after the game. We didn't play a clean game. They didn't play complimentary football. Usually when you turn the ball over, you try to you know get the ball back or force them three and out, kind of get momentum. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just get back to playing complimentary football. But, you know, sometimes the game is played above the shoulders, and, and that's the uh, the mental mistakes, and that's pre- and post-snap penalties. And penalties did hurt this team on that final drive. So Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory here in week 15. One, run the ball. Two, defense has to set the tone. And number three, Kyler Murray play like the MVP. And with respects to that number one, run the football, head coach Cliff Kingsbury announcing after practice that he does expect Chase Edmonds and James Conner to play. Of course, a roster move would necessitate a, uh, a call-up for Edmonds off of injured reserve, but that is certainly good news to hear from the coach because you have a solid run game, then all of a sudden that's where everything else is predicated upon being able to establish that line of scrimmage. All right, X factor. Third down, offense and defense. Third down for the Cardinals offense. Keep drives going. Put yourself in manageable. And as for defense, um, you know, try to get these guys in third and six, third and seven, the Lions. And that's where Vance can tee off, bring his NASCAR package in there, and we'll see how good their offensive line is. They do have some, you know, big bodies. Um, you know, I think that probably takes the personality of their head coach. Uh, but I, I, I would just like to see the Cardinals convert on third down. And they, and they were decent in, in the Rams game. And then obviously try to get them off the field where the Cardinals defense can kind of tee off in third and long. So that's my X factor, third down offense defense. And I'd also add this because doing some research on the Detroit Lions and considering where they are 
and their schedule, MJ, they're going to take chances. And let's go back to our conversation to begin this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Going forward on fourth down, the Detroit Lions have gone for it on fourth down 31 times. They are 14 of 31, and those 14 conversions are the most in franchise history, and they still have these four games left to go in the regular season. But when you have nothing to lose, (laughs) and the Lions have nothing to lose, I would expect them more times than not, especially if they're on the Cardinals' side of the 50, to roll the dice on fourth down. Two things there. Keep the Cardinals' offense on the sidelines, but other – Let's try to steal a possession. Let's just not punt the ball. You know, Nick? so they're trying to create more more uh, plays when when you go for it on fourth down. Now, obviously, they, nobody's going to be a hundred percent, but that's twofold. They want to keep the ball, keep Kyler on the sidelines, and then try to steal another possession somehow, some way. Because usually you have 10, 11 possessions, and if they feel like they can um, create another possession. And maybe that's a special teams touchdown or you know a defensive touchdown, and they feel like they can keep the game a little bit even, maybe until the fourth quarter. Best defense against Kyler Murray and that offense is your own offense because you're having number one sit and watch, and we've seen that a lot, at least the plan a lot this season for um, opposing teams against the Arizona Cardinals. All right, the X factor third down offense defense, but you're intangible here in this game. Well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna put it on the Cardinals' defensive line. Uh, I want to see how they, they they go against the offensive line of the Lions. We know that Panay Sewell is a really a mountain man. They have a really good left tackle. Um, you know, we'll see the interior guys. Um, you know, uh, but they're gonna try to run the ball. I don't, I don't know how they're gonna do with some of these running backs, but they're gonna try to run it. But I just want to see the Cardinals' defensive line. You know, we talked about them setting the tone. That's for the entire defense. That means the secondary. But last week, these guys got, they did not win at the point of attack. And so they were challenged. And we know the Rams had their backup center in there, the backup right tackle. They had their all-pro 40-year-old Andrew Whitworth. So I want the intangible. The Cardinals need to win this matchup right here. And so it's, it'll take a lot of pressure off the secondary. And that's where the turnovers come in. And that's where the complimentary football ends up they had the advantage on paper last week against the rams unable to take advantage because the rams were without some key pieces on that offensive line with the lions their left guard jonah jackson dealing with a back injury he hasn't been able to practice there's some question on whether he'll be available and if not they'll have to go with tommy kramer their rookie right guard shift now to left guard and it is Something to also pay attention to in the interior. We talked about it. Their center, Ryan McCollum, undrafted rookie. Now, Evan Brown did return to practice this week, activated off the reserve COVID-19 list, but there can be some shuffling around the Lions offensive line. So on paper, and again, it's on paper, means absolutely nothing unless you execute on game day. The Lions, that offensive line should be susceptible, if you will, to the Cardinals defensive front. Yeah, and I think it'll be different, even though, we, you know, Goff, obviously, when he was with McVay and, you know, kind of in their heyday with Todd Gurley, uh, I do think they'll get pressure on Goff this week. Uh, they weren't able to really get to Matthew Stafford. And, you know, Goff's really good on them bootlegs and the waggle plays and extending plays with his legs. And you're right, they'll probably take some shots down the field, just, just try to get a chunk play because 
it's going to be difficult for them to go on a 10 or 12 play drive. That means you got to get two or three first, uh, third downs, and, and the Cardinals will get them off the field. So I, I do think they'll take some shots just to kind of see if what they can do. They're not going to be reckless, but I do think they'll get pressure on Jarek off this week, uh, quite the contrary, last week against Stafford. And a reminder, no TJ Hawkinson, hand surgery, he's done for the year. So uh, offensive weapon that the Cardinals do not have to worry about on Sunday when they play at Ford Field. Again, week 15, 11 a.m. is the kickoff. 6.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network as we continue to look at week 15. MJ here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Some games to keep an eye on as we know the Cardinals within the NFC West sits at the top. First place at 10 and 3, 4 and 1 in the division. The Rams a game behind at 9 and 4. They'll be home to the Seahawks. The 49ers are home to the Falcons. 49ers still in the mix, if you will, perhaps for that division. Maybe a long shot, but talking about the Cardinals at 10 and 3, Rams 9 and 4, 49ers 7 and 6, and the Seahawks 5 and 8. Seattle could do a huge solid for the Arizona Cardinals here on Sunday by beating the Rams, though that game is at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, it's just you got so many guys on, on COVID, and, and, and now with the testing and, you know, some guys, if you uh, test negative for, uh, I think, within 24 hours now, uh, maybe we'll see some of these guys come off the list. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, Russell Wilson is playing better. They don't have Tyler Lockett, though. But as long as Russell Wilson's getting better, they got a chance. I mean, but at the Rams right now, they're trying to hit that um, that accelerator to where they don't want to lose. They, they want to go into the postseason, and if they become a wild card team, they're going to be dangerous to deal with just because they they, they have the, the top players. Now, if somebody goes down, they don't have the kind of the depth the Cardinals have uh, in the division. At last check... 25 Rams players on the reserve COVID-19 list over the past couple of days. I mean, this, again, we touched on it. It's hitting every team. It's hitting every professional sports team across the league. It's hitting colleges across the league. So, or across the country, I should say. So this is very real. I just encourage everyone, Bird Gang, to stay safe and do everything you can so you didn't get caught up in all of this because uh, the last thing we want is, uh, well, we don't want another shutdown like we had for so many months, but uh, it's, a, it, it's, it's a little scary out there, to be honest with you, at least from my perspective, MJ. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I just hope people take it serious. I, I know, you know, we're all vaccinated. We got booster shots, but you're st- you still could get some symptoms and some can be minor and some can be more severe. Um, just, just you know, people are saying, well, why don't the NFL cancel these games? I get it. Well, first of all, the NFL and the NFL PA, they agreed to these policies. I know Baker Mayfield's upset, but maybe he should be upset with the union. Now, you don't like to see them change policy, but according to Dr. Stills, who's running this for the NFL, the, the more data and more health updates they get, there's a reason why. Now, last year, the league was able to move a game from a Sunday to a Wednesday. Uh, they played every single day of the week. Granted, uh, Christmas was on a Friday, and we've never had that. But the problem this year is you have fans going to games, and you move a game to a Tuesday, and they're traveling to that city. They're not going to be able to go to the game. 
so I, I listen at the end of the day it's about safety and I think it's more safety on the field but obviously they're doing their due diligence uh, to make it possible but I just don't see them canceling games and when you have a 16 uh, member practice squad it's not ideal you know and what's the disappointing thing here is you got starting quarterbacks and their teams are jockeying for seedings and this can happen and I'm concerned when we get to Christmas now the Cardinals are playing on Christmas but there's going to be a spread there and what happens when we get to the postseason it doesn't matter who the player is you just have a number and if you test positive uh, people that well they they would move the game if Patrick Mahomes got you know COVID in the Super Bowl to a Tuesday no that's not happening so it's almost worse than last year and here you, we thought we're making progress and I'm not complaining I'm very fortunate we, we get tested every day we are a mask right now um, but I, I just want to let everyone know that it's difficult for the NFL to cancel games last year was easier because there was no fans they want to make sure the fans enjoy the experience it is something that is not going away we talk a lot about you know the successful teams in the postseason those teams that get on a run get to the Super Bowl not always the most talented but they're the most healthy and to a certain extent in 2021 a lot of luck perhaps as well going to go into who survives what happens once those seven teams in each conference get decided as far as the playoffs are concerned speaking of which in the nfc we know the cardinals right now the three seed packers the one seed buccaneers the two seed cowboys only a game back <laughs> at the four spot. So those are your four division leaders right now. Packers this week at Baltimore, there is a chance. I did hear Jim Harbaugh, should be John Harbaugh say that Lamar Jackson has a chance to play in that game despite an ankle injury. Buccaneers are home to the Saints and the Cowboys are on the road at the Giants. And a quick note, the Saints are gonna be without Sean Payton. He has just recently tested positive for COVID-19. So New Orleans, without their head coach on Sunday. Yeah, and you know, since Brady's beaten it, been there, I think they beat him three out of the last four times. Now, clearly uh, they beat him in the postseason last year to allow them to go to Green Bay to knock off the Packers. Uh, their defense has been really much better than people can give them credit for, but you know, obviously Tampa, they have a easy schedule. They got, now the Saints are a division team, so the game should be closer than people probably anticipate. Then they got Carolina, they got the Jets in Carolina, so they could run the table. So whatever their record is now, you can add possibly four more wins. Again, we'll see what happens. I'm rooting for the Ravens. I'm rooting for the Seahawks. You know, I'm rooting for teams that, you know, obviously can um, dictate where the Cardinals' seedings are. Not rooting, I'm pulling for those teams. I don't, I don't root for other teams, so to speak. I'm pulling for those teams to possibly win and maybe the best chance would be the Baltimore Ravens. You look at these remaining four games, Packers, Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions. Those three, I mean, I would say two and a half to three. I mean, Minnesota's still in the thick of things. Their defense looks like they're back. Cousins doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Cleveland's fighting for their life. They're probably going to get Baker back. And then the Lions, I mean, obviously they should wrap that up. All right, here are the Buccaneers. Saints, Panthers, yeah. Jets, Panthers. So two games against the Panthers only, well, two games against the Panthers, one on the road, one at home. So yeah, their real big test is coming up this weekend. Yeah, and Panthers are going with the platoon system. So Todd Bowles will be ready for both guys, trust me. Uh, P.J. Walker and Cam Newton. All right, here are the Cowboys. 
Giants, Washington, Cardinals, Eagles. Now that last one at Philadelphia, but if the Cardinals can win that game in Dallas on January 2nd, which reminds me again, that kickoff has been moved. It's no longer an 11 a.m. kickoff. It's 225 as Fox moved that game to the late window on January 2nd. But that game could decide whether the Cardinals are the three seed or the four seed, depending on what happens with the Packers and Buccaneers. So a lot to pay attention to. Of course, MJ, your weekend is completely booked because you've got two games on Saturday before a full slate on Sunday. This this might be your favorite time of the year, MJ, when you have NFL action on a Saturday in addition to a Sunday. Yeah, I love it. And the Cardinals are going to be playing on Christmas, which will be a Saturday this year. So we got Raiders 6-7 and seven at the Browns 7-6. and six. And then we got the Patriots 9-4 and four against the 7-6 and six Colts. I'll be doing some scouting on the Colts because the Cardinals <laughs> play them the next time, next game. I love it. So an opportunity for Mike Jarecki to do some scouting, the Cardinals coaches to do some scouting, but then on the back end, short week for the Cardinals to prepare. The Colts don't have that luxury. It'll be a quote-unquote normal week for them going from Saturday to Saturday, Cardinals Sunday to Saturday. The one difference is Cardinals are not traveling. The Colts do have to travel. So I guess at the end of the day, MJ, that, that kind of evens things out when you look at that matchup next week not talking about this weekend though correct so i'll do a little scouting and i think it's all going to be about jonathan taylor and i don't know if people give their defense enough credit and you know carson wentz he's done a nice job uh, and they got a really good offensive line they really invested in that offensive line and i think you know i don't know if he gets enough credit but frank wright is a really good coach and he's another guy that goes for it on fourth down should be a great <laughs> weekend. I love it. MJ, you bring it full circle here on Cardinals Cover 2. Week 15, Cardinals at the Lions. Is this the week that the Cardinals punch their ticket to the postseason, get that 11th win of the season, their eighth win away from State Farm Stadium? Hopefully that is the case again. 11 a.m. is the kickoff. 6.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.